Hello once again to another Two Drink Venom Commentaries. I'm your host, Gary Hill. With me is uh, three folks this time around. Uh, first, uh, from the Graveshift Radio, Mr. Ryan Lewis. How you doing, sir? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine. Just a little sleepy, but you know, I'm going to trudge on through. <laughs> Snap out of it, sir. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, next up from from Sweden, we have the Swedish cinemasochist. He's not that hard, Mike Murphy. See, uh, Philip O'Neill, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, from the land of Scotland, how you doing, Mister Gil Rockatensky? I am doing fine. I've been <laughs> going to the Ryan Lewis School of Podcasting this week. And they said, you can't use your normal voice. You have to be a little bit like a gruff cowboy. You sound, you sound Russian to me. Right, <laughs> Ah, du Parovsky. Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, a car drives you. <laughs> oh, yeah, but uh, tonight is uh, the first night of our all whore all the time October, you know. Don't expect Christmas films in December because it's not going to happen, guys. But um, it's Ryan's picks this time. Huh? We could do Black Christmas because you love it. Oh, I God. Love it so much, he man. does, man. He was gushing over it. Yeah. It gives you, it makes you so happy because you the opposite of whatever, the opposite of whatever boner is, you know, it gives you, it gives you that, okay? How can you look at Olivia Hussey running around mm. with a sweater that has two handprints right on her tits <laughs> and not get a boner? I'm talking about young, ripe Olivia Hussey. I'm just so bored. It gives me a f- instant flaccidity, man, right there. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell the folks what your pick is for, for this uh, month of uh, October. The month of October first pick is I Madman because I love this movie. <laughs> This is one of those movies I came across years back, and when I watched it, when I originally heard about it, it was called Hardcover, so it was impossible to find, and then I found it just from matching covers eventually, and I watched this movie, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of cheap looking, but there's something about this fucking movie that I dig the shit out of, so yeah, I mad man it is. Sweet. Uh, We should all be at the zero mark. And uh, we'll hit it in three, two, one, and go. Is that friendly lion? I'm telling you. <laughs> Wasn't that Clarence? The lion's name is Clarence? Well, Clarence the cross-eyed lion from Born Free. Isn't it the same lion? I'm, that could be. I don't, I don't know for sure. I might be wrong. Or maybe they just replaced him for Born Free. <laughs> you know, Gary, when you told me you were going to do a movie called Mad Men, I thought you talked about the, I thought it was the slasher movie from 1982. <laughs> no, this, this, is, this isn't my pick. <laughs> I don't know my pick Mad Men anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where the guy that quacks? Or, no, no, that's, uh, that's New York Ripper. The guy that quacks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do really like this font that they use. Oh yeah, me too. It's very no- like film noir. It's very classy. <laughs> and the, the 
the guy that does yeah. the effects for this is the guy that, that plays the the madman as well. And he's won three Oscars. Yep. <laughs> for Lord of the Rings. Uh. You see that I'm bringing culture to the show. Beautiful. Did you notice who wrote this movie? It was the same guy who wrote Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against him. That's the best <laughs> of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Oh, fuck it you, is. sir. Oh, it, it kind of is. It's, Three. I mean, it's the one. Three. Three is what the I best. Like, what I like about part two is that it's, it's Freddy Krueger is still a dark character in that film. Well, he's They're a not, slasher in that film. That's, yeah, but he's not goofing around. He's not, you know... Being like, I'm gonna kill you now, little piggies. It's, like, mm. it's still. No. Oh, I can see what you say. I, I enjoy part two a lot, but there's something about the, the balance of fear to humor in part three is just it's perfection. Yeah, the the tendon puppet and uh, the, the, the scene and yeah, the I mean the the tendon puppet and the scene in, in Freddy's Dead where the kid gets the ear the ear thing. Mm. Probably make you cringe the most because when I was small, I had terrible ears and I would get terrible ear infections and ear aches. And so when that came out, I was still getting those, and I was like, "This is just so painful to watch." You know, it's just... hmm. the mother with the giant ear uh, Q-tip. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll certainly check it out. Yes. Oh, we should yeah, tell so people that. Ryan's got a birthday party happening as well. <laughs> Shit, yeah. All kind of commotion going on right here. <clears throat> birthday party or a mass orgy you didn't get an invitation to. Right, I know. This is bullshit. <laughs> All right, what's happening on your guy's screen right now? I want to see if I'm lined up. The concierge um, is talking about uh, he's not a clean linen. It's, it's a bald guy with the glasses. Right. And the, by the way, we, we saw the killer... Just there, um, he looks a lot like William the Foe in Shadow of the Vampire, which is a fantastic film. Yep. Yeah, it really is. He just dropped out of Netflix, actually. I've got it on DVD. As do I. It's not my. Aren't you guys? <laughs> Aren't you guys fancy? Look at us with our DVDs. I'm telling you, those were the wave of the future. Nothing was ever going to be better than a DVD. What about Laserdisc? Laserdisc, no, they sucked. They they, they did (laughs) suck. I only saw three Laserdiscs. I I have a Toxic Avenger Laserdisc. I can't play it, but I have it, you know. Right. (laughs) Have you guys done Toxic Avenger yet? No, we haven't yet. No trauma yet, surprisingly. ridiculous to me. (laughs) I'm sure it is. I saw the Toxic Avenger when I was 12 years old. Mm. I rented it in my local video store. And the guy didn't even care. He just, okay, take the movie, go away. And I watched it, and I I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I puked afterwards. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it was disgusting. I was 12 years old. I was I was about twelve maybe when I saw that. I'm I'm you know no I probably wasn't. How old are you? Me, I am twenty four. Well, I was definitely older than twelve. And um, yeah, but either way, I was I was kind of young when I saw that movie, and for some reason, I thought it was the coolest thing that ever was. Okay, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those movies that definitely had a profound effect upon me, and you know. Dad and Rocky Horror Picture Show and those kinds of films, you know. <laughs> kind of made me laugh today. 
if it was my decision, I'd probably pick Troma's War first to, to do first because Troma's War is just the most insane gore war film war film I've ever seen in my life. It's just, just crazy pants everything in that movie. That is surf Nazis. I'm thinking like Toxic Avenger Citizen Toxie because you get to see an old lady's head run over by a car and she shoots diarrhea out of her ass. Yeah, I, I would actually say Citizen Toxie because that is probably That's... the best one. Terra Terraformer. Oh, Terraformer is fucking fantastic. You get an abortion about a minute into the movie. Yep. Right, right. It looks awful, but it still happens. <laughs> you know what? Another one I thought of this we should do just because it's so fucking horrendous. Oh, from the gate. Yeah, Don't. and the guy who directed the gate directed this movie. Okay, well, it looks just like yeah. the creature from the gate. Yeah, it's the same fucking creature. <laughs> I showed the gate to a cousin of mine when she must have been about five when the gate came out and the, the same with the video store they didn't care what age I was they let me hire the gate and lethal weapon and then because of lethal weapon she wandered about going I'm too old for this shit <laughs> and then when I put the gate on I thought oh great she's going to end up scared but she thought that the monsters were adorable and cute and well, they well, were the, the gate, heroes. The gate was like, I was the little bitch back in the day when it came to horror films and the gate was like a perfect, you know, no pun intended, gateway film for me to watch for, to start with horror, you know. Look yeah, at those a... eye lenses, man. Oh, shit. That yeah. pun was so bad that I'm just going to start drinking faster. <laughs> <laughs> perfect gateway. Two they also made the... Uh... They also made the Gate Two. Have you seen that one? Love the Gate Two. Oh, it's, it's good. That's that's dumb fun right there. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen the, the guy second make... one. Well, the, the, there's a plot device where they they make wishes. They they wish for things like it's like a sacrifice, and then after a while, it literally turns to shit. Right and then that's the thing in that movie. <laughs> you know. It's a bootleg. Speaking of which, like Virginia Madsen right there, see? Maybe, um, you'd like to come over for a beer or something. <laughs> She's hot, though, dude. She looks like a Virginia Madsen, though. Yeah, I am not completely sold on her in this part. Uh, she's a little too stale, I would well, say. Let her be stale, but she's extremely fuckable. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. She appears to be on drugs or something for this whole movie. She's so... She appears to be stoned, I think. Which means you could probably fuck her easier. I, I saw a, I saw a picture of her now, and she looks like a junkie. I mean, she. <laughs> oh, well, she's quite a bunch of a stretch then. Right, she looks horrid yeah. now, but back yeah. in the day, at this movie, please. Yeah, she's hot, but there's something about her. She's just a little too sad looking all the time for this whole movie. You know, I just watched those fucking scream movies, and gah, Nev Campbell is so sad in those movies and crying all the time get the same thing from this actress it's just too much for me <laughs> i felt like the nev campbell's like that all the way through those films because right. you know usually uh, you I, get a sequel and the person's just mm. basically back to the way they were at the start of the first film all the way yeah, through sure. the scream films nev campbell's character sydney is just horribly damaged 
Yeah, she's good in the first film, and she yeah, she's not bad in the sequels, but it just gets so repeated. I mean, it just gets tiresome. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, my mom's dead. Uh, now my boyfriend's dead. Uh, now my friends are dead. dead. Oh, everybody's dead again. Oh, no, again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, if, if I was Sydney, I, I would just have got to the point where I would just go, fuck it, kill me. Yes. That's 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 your that's your Austin Powers foreplay version of horror. Oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell over again. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's something about this girl, man. I just want to do nasty things to her. Oh, sure. It's little panties, see. Yeah, yeah, and they are yeah. little panties, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, in the glasses, you could do funny things. In the I'm, I, I love women in glasses. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Plus, and maybe it's something about me, but I like sad-looking women, too. <laughs> a sad woman in glasses. Right, if it looks like I could break you, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. And if it also looks like she's got some sort of eyesight problem. Oh, quite possible. That's a bonus. Right. That gives you a name for it, see, when you're uh, finishing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you saying you could bust in her face and you know it's not going to sting her eyes? Is that what you're yeah, getting at? It's like glasses. Yeah. You're a dirty man, sir. Protection. I'm just drinking. I'm only thinking about her, you know. The bottle now. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the the boyfriend here, who is uh, he's a cop, wasn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. He's, he's from just one of the guys. Anybody remember that movie? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. First tits. That's first tits for me, man. Those were glorious, and so he was an integral part of the first titties. <laughs> that entered my existence. I think that the first titties that entered my existence would probably actually be hers in the wall. Because mm. I saw that when I was really young. Uh, yeah, I saw that too, but it's been so many years since I've seen that, and I just don't recall most of it. She, she got a nice ass. I remember her being uh, butt naked on a horse and young guns too, just riding mm. off into the... T- <laughs> She's got a nice everything, at least during this time frame. She's pretty covered up in near dark, though. Yeah, sad. <laughs> and this actor here who plays the boyfriend, I, he's another one I, I don't really buy in this role. He, he's, he reminds me of Leonardo DiCaprio in Shutter Island. He looks like he's a kid dressing up in his you know, father's clothes. He just doesn't convince me as a cop. So, uh, it's just, I don't like these actors here. <laughs> he looks, looks, he looks like detective. somebody from, uh, was it Boy Meets World or something? He was like the, the, like the cocky friend. Yeah. He looks like him with like some stubble painted on. Yeah, I mean, just the trench coat on, it just doesn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but now, now Ryder Strong actually has stubble, so it's come full circle, see? Mm, that's true. That's true. Maybe we'll start fingering her thigh. Look what I can grow, Mom! <laughs> stubble. Like I ain't shaved in like a day, man. That's just them showing that he is a real man. Like, look, he's got hair in his chest. <laughs> this is this is not a child. This sex scene is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are not watching Big. You will not. You will not feel disgusted <laughs> at the end of this movie. Tom Hanks was kind of shaved in that movie, wasn't he? Yeah, but also he was 12. He was a 12-year-old that his body just got bigger and he was cupping this fucking chick's titties. They had sex. 
And yes, they certainly did. They certainly did. And then she insinuates at the end that, oh yeah, maybe when you grow up. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe when you're older. When you're older, I'll fuck you again. Yeah. <laughs> Fond memories of that one night of passion she had with a 12-year-old. <laughs> it's like our friend having a threesome in high school with two teachers. Now that was the thing. And mm, you know what? Yeah. That, that lucky motherfucker. Why? Why ruin a good thing? I wouldn't have said that. Told nobody. Right. Right. You know, yeah. I know men are predisposed that when they get a little pussy, they want to tell some people. You not know, the school hallway, but not in the school hallway when you know you just fucked your math teacher and your reading teacher. <laughs> it's time to keep it quiet. They're good looking too, man. Just... I'm telling you, man. He could have got. Straight Straight A's and his dick wet, but what did he do? <laughs> Talk about raising the bar, man, you know? <laughs> well, that upset me, that story. I'm like, oh, oh look at this guy. He's smooth. <laughs> That's her legs, oh. not his. One-handed, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the fact, you know, in this film... <laughs> in this film, you know, it shows her as a nice, you know, normal girl that'll let her man fuck her from behind, and that's fantastic. In ways that makes her have to bite down on something, apparently. Right. There it is, man. I wonder how this scene read in the screenplay. pages go on. That'd be great if there was, like, seven pages just for this one scene. Mmm, right. <laughs> and that over 100,000 book sign seems like it would be a really, really good bookshop to go into until you see the interior and you realise they're piled like shite. <laughs> it looks like they've just gone and bought every second-hand book from every second-hand bookshop and just thrown them in there. And just gone, it's, it doesn't matter. At this bookstore, it's, uh, it's a little too much. <laughs> I used to work beside... Uh, bookstore that looked like that in this uh, kind of slightly upmarket cafe place and the guy that ran the bookstore was really fucking creepy and <laughs> and he was always freezing cold but he would come in and he would buy a can of tuna off us but we didn't do like takeaway so he would just take his cup next door and then bring it back and it would always be freezing and we, we just <laughs> Kept thinking, you know, maybe Matt. he's got his dead wife somewhere in the back. He's trying to stop her decomposing. <laughs> look, look at the the way this woman is dressed here. She looks like a Flintstones character. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and it's Chris Farley with a mullet. Living in a van down by the river. I love how happy that guy is to be in a bookshop. <laughs> Like, I'm going to find the diamond in the rough. I'm going to find the African uh, issues of the National Geographic. Shit, I still like going to bookstores. But he looked too happy. <laughs> I just stole these glasses off a homeless man. Now I'm going to try and use them. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, if this movie was made today, it probably wouldn't be books. It would be uh, maybe video games or something. Yeah, Internet Cafe. Internet Cafe, maybe, yeah. yeah Remember those I, guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean books. Who reads books these days? Me. <gasps> fucking dinosaur. Just, just, just tables with Wi-Fi. Here you go, people. I, I still believe there's a large portion of the populace that prefers the feeling of a tangible book in their hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
I was on on Amazon the other week, and I had the option of buying a book for eight pounds or buying the Kindle edition for one fifty, and I bought the book. There it is, man. Look at this. There is Chris Farley. There must be treasure in all those boxes. No, oh, it's gotta be. Plus, if you ever tried to wipe and use the Kindle at the same time, it's really hard. That's all I'm saying, you know. Yeah, but some books are too heavy to hold with one hand. <laughs> like that that book that Madonna brought out. Not the kids one, the sex one. <laughs> it, yeah. it had a steel cover. That's perfect, to- that's perfect toilet reading right there. Madonna had a kid's book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's really nothing more frightening than that, actually. How about this? Madonna now has kids. I know. Do you think they just shot out like cannonballs? <laughs> Isn't Madonna like a hundred years old now? At least. Well, Her fake. gap is 47. Everybody probably had a little bit of a crush on Madonna at some point. Oh, back in the 80s, I would have fucked the shit out of her, but now when she when she comes, it comes out like puffs of sand. <laughs> oh, fucking, like, when she was Breathless Mahoney and Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it for me right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then that those scenes with Willem Dafoe in Body of Evidence. I wasn't allowed to watch the movie when I was a kid, so I never actually got around to watching that movie. Body of Evidence is a film never to watch with your mother. <laughs> oh, dude, she is fucking her brains out in that movie. Yeah. He also did a movie with uh, Harvey Keitel that was directed by Ava Ferrara. I haven't seen that one called The Dangerous Game. Hmm. I haven't seen that either. From the 90s. Who's that? Geralt was good. I like that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I love how we do these commentaries and we end up just talking about every other film apart from the one that we're watching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Shanghai Surprise starring Sean Penn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, the Castaway one. Directed by <laughs> her husband at the time. Well, that's awful. What, Guy Richie? Yeah. But it is nice to see that the people in this film are forced to go to acting classes during the film. <laughs> yeah, I love how the I love how the teacher has a ponytail. You know, you just saw how fucking pretentious he is. Yeah, that's how you know he's Super a teacher. Yeah, this one's got a Jerry curl. <laughs> got to keep it wet, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he wants to yeah, keep so, her wet. So are you? Right, I, I don't blame him. Well, probably he goes and he gets done in there, you know. You can't tell where the bush ends and his hair begins, so, you know. I like his ears. I'd chop them off and replace my own ears with them. <laughs> oh, snap. He loves her. <laughs> but I knows that's four play and a half right there, man. Yeah, this movie has a uh, rather unusual concept of reading something from a book and it comes alive. I don't think that's uh, 
It's never been done before. Well, it's been done since with with um in the mouth of madness. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's that's fun. And uh, there's a Brendan Fraser film as well about a <laughs> kid that can bring things to life and all that as well. I think it was never, never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be a series that they were making, but the first one wasn't very popular. I think it was Ink something. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Inkheart? That might be it, yep. If it's post Encino Man, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, that's all I'm saying, you know. Dude, they're what? riding the vapor in reverse. What about airheads? Airheads is fun. Rodney King. Rodney King. <laughs> Nobody in that film understands why the fuck they did that. <laughs> Oh, there's a white rock band that have taken a fucking radio station hostage. That is completely comparable to Rodney King. (laughs) (laughs) A man being beaten in the middle of the street is just like someone not getting their song played on the radio. I'm just going to approach Rodney Hudson one time and convince you just start screaming Rodney King for no good reason, you know. (laughs) Like, that's funny, white boy. Now go sit down somewhere. Ernie Hudson's a good guy that went to Ernie Hudson. That's a big Twinkie. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> I told Ernie Hudson that I've seen shit that would turn him white, and um, he found it humorous. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make Keith David happy? Talk about men at work. He, he likes to talk about men at work. <laughs> well, who doesn't like talking about men at work? Well, you, you would think that that would be like the highlight of his career, you know, but I think... That and Childs from the thing is the highlight of his career. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream as well. I love the I love Men at Work. That's a sequel that I would want. A, a sequel to Men at Work. I was thinking about that last week. Starring Keith David and David Keith in the same movie. Finally. <laughs> I was also thinking Young Guns Three. Right. Uh, you might see that one day. Yeah, no, actually, you... you mentioned David Keith. Um, David Kaskin, who wrote this movie, actually wrote a film that David Keefe directed <laughs> called The Curse. Horror mm. film. I've never seen that one before. The it's name got Will Wheaton in it. Oh. Wheaton! <laughs> it's based on a Lovecraft story. Oh, cool. I looked that up then. The Colors of Outer Space. Hmm. I'm surprised we never did that on our, Lovecast e- on our Lovecraft episode. I just bought oh, the chill. Huh. So yeah, the killer here uh, looks... I like the makeup here. It looks really creepy. Right, right. It, it gets less creepier when he actually, you know, he puts his face back together. Yeah, I find him really creepy looking until he gets to the point where he's not wearing the sash on his face anymore. Yeah. yeah. And the braid. The braid the puts a whole, whole lot of it together. Mm. Yeah, but as of right now, I like this film. I like it. Like the way it's going, like how she's reading the book. It's only just you know, he comes out of the book. I like this, but yeah, I'm not too crazy about the second half of this movie. If I was her, I'd I'd read more erotic fiction. <laughs> Supernatural erotic book. No, it's just uh, actually I just read the subtitles on hardcore porn. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure if it would work for anything she reads. How's the line go? 
What's another word for engorged? <laughs> <laughs> and that word is Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up your thesaurus, people. Ryan is to dearth as to engorged. <laughs> he don't dig tunnels, he breaks walls, my friend. There it is. <laughs> Who has a water cooler in their apartment? I used to have one, actually. Yeah, me too. Fucking hell. Did you oh, it was beautiful, man. Was it filled with vodka? No, but at, at one point it was filled with Kool-Aid. Mm. Would that not damage the mechanism? It certainly did. <laughs> so this is a this is basically a supernatural slasher, right? Yeah, um, I think I wanted. I, I kind of wish maybe it wasn't just a supernatural slasher. I think I wanted you know that creature you saw at the beginning and end of the movie. I think I wanted more of that. Like I wanted it to be maybe she could read like different books and there would be other things happening. Like I don't know. Something like that, I think I... Like kind of reminds me of... What up, sorry, Gil? I was just like, if the, if the cops, when they're not listening to her, if she just goes and reads some Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, a Tales from the Crypt they had with, you know, the one with Harry Anderson. Where he was an artist for Tales from the Crypt and all, all those creatures were actually coming to life. Right. Well, you know, watching this movie, I thought to myself, this could be a Tales from the Crypt episode. This could work as a... In, in 25 minutes, yeah. Yeah, uh, really, that's my problem with this movie. I think it's too long. I don't think it needs to be an hour and a half movie. It could be just be an, an episode of a TV show. I think it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then he, he did direct some Outer Limits as well. Hmm. Like the new series? Uh, no. I would need to check. Uh, 95. Yeah, the newer series. Yeah. And the Red Shoe Diaries. Nice. Right, that explains the butt sex in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Had two episodes of The Crow, Stairway to Heaven. Mm, no. that's, that's not a bad television show, actually. And Sabrina Goes to Rome. Oh, I've watched that movie. I wonder if there was butt sex in it. He also directed <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So uh, what you're telling me is the best thing he has ever directed is I fucking Madman. Probably, yeah. The, <laughs> the crow stairway to heaven. You know what? You know what that tops that? This film doesn't have Mark Dacascos in it. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm fine with that. If if this uh this douchebag in the trench coat was playing Mark Dacascos, it'd be very believable he was fucking this nubile young woman. Hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it still has the nubile young woman in it, so I'm quite all right. He just seems a bit too clueless to be a cop. Yeah. But then all the cops seem to be just pretty dismissive. Mm -hmm. The cops in all horror movies are clueless. Mm. They're like, you're crazy. You know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. That is not logical. You know, that's a, that's cops in every single horror movie. <laughs> Apart from Nightmare on Elm Street, because he did know everything all along. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're also they don't really believe that Freddy Krueger is. You know, in the first movie, anyway, they don't believe it. Well, I think the detective came around pretty fucking quick in Child's Play. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Chris Serrano. 
That's the proof it's a birthday party. <laughs> you hear him singing happy birthday yeah. out there? Hell yeah, I do. Now I'll go to bed. <laughs> Reminds me of Ghostbusters too. <laughs> She's tough. She's a harbor chick. <laughs> Which looks delightful on Blu-ray, by the way. Does it really? Yeah, it's great. Hey, it's one of those 4K, they did like a 4K remaster or something. I think they did a 4K remaster of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> that's, Can you fucking believe it? That's staggering to me. Yeah. I still have a lot of fun with it. I'm just talking about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like Ghostbusters 2. It, it, it made me believe that ectoplasmic splooge an NES advantage and Jackie Wells can make the Statue of Liberty walk down the street. Come on now. I don't particularly care for Ghostbusters 2. And Ghost I had something of a discussion with John Cross of the Ultimate Diner about that one, actually, on mm -hmm. Facebook. We were talking back and forth about that movie. He loved the fact that it was the same movie. And I was just like, I hate the fact that it's the same movie. It's the same freaking film. It's not as good. You know, I kind of really, I think it's. They'll never make the third one. I kind of. Oh, please that. Especially you're you're going to get it now, definitely. Especially with the talk they're having. It's supposed to be female Ghostbusters, their kids. Yeah, it was a few years yeah. ago it was going to be like uh, fucking Seth Rogen and them that were going to be taking over as the Ghostbusters. You know, Bill Murray, he when he was on David Letterman a couple of years ago, he talked to someone, Letterman asked him about Ghostbusters 3 and Bill Murray talked about sitting on a bench in a park somewhere and he was singing the Ghostbusters song and a guy went up to him and said, get over it, man. Just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that about Ghostbusters. Like, I, you know, Ghostbusters is part of the 80s. Keep it there. You want to watch Ghostbusters 3, get the Ghostbusters game that came That's out for the PS3. Pretty great, yeah. That is Ghostbusters 3 and it's fucking perfect. Still haven't played that one. Oh my god, dude, you will believe you are a fucking Ghostbuster playing that goddamn game. I still love the NES one. Oh yeah, so so do I, and that game is horrible. But uh, this, this one, dude, it literally feels like you're a Ghostbuster. It's crazy. I actually have Ghostbusters 2, uh, 2 NS, the first Nintendo NS. <laughs> I had Ghostbusters for the Spectrum 48K. What the fuck is that? It's like the like really, really early kind of home computer from like the early eighties for a whopping forty-eight k. <laughs> Sounds like a five point oh floppy to me. No, it was uh, those cassettes that made that horrible noise. Oh wow! Yep. It would ding me, turn the page. It would take 15 mm. minutes to load a game, and it had no it had some games where if you started the game really really quickly, you could get past the first level because it hadn't quite loaded all the sprites. So you basically just ran through something that was empty. She's already got a pearl necklace. She don't need another one. <laughs> Those giant lady gloves. Ugh. See, if you take the gloves off, you can get to your apartment a lot faster. Love that shot there, though, the wide shot. Oh, yeah. Very Sam Raimi. Definitely. He's floating. 
Yeah, this is, um... Get your hand in the door, stupid! This is stupid. <laughs> His eyes kinda remind me a little bit of Michael McKean sometimes. Mm. <laughs> I just know he looks creepy. And the whole thing with him entering her apartment and counting down... Yeah, I mean, I love that scene. Yeah, this is a good scene. Count backwards from a hundred. Yeah, that's that's badass. That whole thing is just badass. And even down to the whole scalping thing he does, you know, it's got this, it's got a really good sound effect to it. And she, she had a good only, set of, she had a good head of hair too for the for the whole scalping thing, you know. The only problem um, is the blood, which looks like chocolate syrup. Yeah. Nah. See, I was just you. You said that right when I was about to say I even like the darkness of the blood. <laughs> I was just like, why is he? Why is he pouring chocolate syrup on her head? What's going on here? I like how she's got those billowing curtains though, and she's gone out and left all the windows open, just so that she can have that really creepy effect as she runs down the hall. And then, right. and then I'm gonna hide in the bath. <laughs> and then try and climb out a window that I, as the occupant of this apartment, should know I won't be able to fit through. <laughs> this freaking circus score going on here. <laughs> I got a knife. <laughs> That's, a knife. Uh, that's a knife. That's a spoon. Simpson joke. No! <laughs> Homer, oh, it is chocolate, Jesus ah, Christ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you want some milk real bad. Mm. Oh, I've got some raspberry milkshake stuff in the kitchen. Okay, now, yeah, this the scalp looks good. Because the blood's a different color. Yeah, <laughs> I, what happened there? Why did they use chocolate syrup? I don't get it. Uh, isn't it uh, one of those things that um, if large amounts of blood comes out, it actually comes out darker, but then it turns lighter over a few seconds? I think they forgot they were filming in color, and then that happened. You know. Oh, uh, no, blood does come out really, really dark if you cut yourself right. really badly. I can, that I can confirm that. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, that's actually more accurate. Yeah. You try to hear about your weird menstruation sex there, Gil Rokotansky. No. You know, whatever you're into, you know. I fell down a cellar in a bar. It was a bar where the, the cellar was right behind the bar and half of the floor for the bar had to open up for people to go down there. Mm. And it was a really, really busy night, and there's a barrier that you're supposed to put up so that nobody can possibly fall down, and the person that went down the cellar hadn't put the barrier up. And I was loading glasses up onto a shelf, and as I got to the bit where the cellar was, there was obviously no floor to stand on, so <laughs> I just went straight down, and I had two pint glasses in my right hand at the time that shattered as they hit the bar and filled my hand with just tons and tons of glass, leaving a massive gash halfway through one of my fingers, whilst everybody mm. on the other side of the bar was pissing themselves laughing because you don't usually get to see somebody fall over like that. And then, right. then when I stood up and my hand is just covered in just 
horrible dark blood because it was gushing at the time. They all just went, oh my god. And the thing is, it was right next to a fucking hospital. Half of them were nurses and doctors and did any of them help me? Did they? Fuck. I had to, <laughs> I had to apply my own tourniquet because even the three people that I was working with that night were too squeamish and couldn't even look at my hand. Then I had to put my hand in a poly bag and then tape the poly bag onto my arm and then walk to the nearest hospital and sit in A&E for two hours whilst this bag just filled with blood. So much blood that for them to take the bag off they had to hold my hand over a sink and then go in with tweezers and remove all the glass and keep taking me for x-rays and they had to do that for so long that they couldn't give me any more painkillers so for the the deepest rooted bits of glass I could feel everything like tweezers touching the bone beautiful yeah it was pretty mental right right and I had a situation when I was a kid where I literally tripped and smacked the side of my fucking head on a bed frame and completely just gashed my shit up where I needed like 5,000 stitches and I just sat there holding my head and watching, you know, my hand fill up with blood and it was almost black. And then after a few moments went by and it was spreading out, it turned that bright ass red. Yeah, it's it's really weird to get severely head injured. <laughs> I, got, I got mugged once and left unconscious with a massive head wound that required like five stitches and the guy that was stitching it up looked at it and said the side of your head looks like a vagina <laughs> just because of the way the skin starts to split and, and then he grabbed you real quick and tried to fuck your brain <laughs> yep. excellent Where is this film set? Oh, it's Hollywood, isn't it? I'm not sure they really say. Chicago? Hmm. Because the the guy at the start was reading the Hollywood Reporter, but that that was from the other book. So. Right. Hmm. So this movie is from 1989. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, this movie isn't scary, I would say. Like, the whole sequence with the, the guy chasing her up in the apartment, that was kind of scary, but it's not really... I mean, it's more... It's very campy, I say. It's um, pretty campy. And the actors are kind of cheesy. And um, I noticed that a lot of horror films at that time were very campy. I don't know what was happening with horror movies, but they were just... Every horror movie... Um, like you look at the um, uh, the full moon horror films, for example. Oh um, yeah. You know, I, mean, I don't know what was happening with horror movies, but they were just everything was getting really. It's like every horror movie was like an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Right. Well, you would imagine that this the same year this came out, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child came out. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Then you look at the early '90s, and it's just God, what a dead you know time that was for horror movie films. I mean. 
just not doing good at all. Right. So what you got to do for this film to let it carry you is the fact that out of the time when all these different uh, slashers were coming out, and not only were they coming out, but they were getting watered down and so much humor and everything put to them, this was actually probably the first time that this was done this type of story so it's an interesting tale something that's completely out of the norm of the time and you know even subsequently past that so it makes it interesting even though the execution at all times isn't the greatest yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely uh, it's a little gem you'd say it's kind of sadly i guess sadly forgotten uh it's um you know, there's another horror film. Have you guys seen this? It's a Lovecraft film called The Resurrected. No. Nope. It's directed by it's directed by Dana Bannon, who also directed oh, Dead. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, I actually managed to find a widescreen high definition copy of the film, and I put it on YouTube actually. If you want to see that film, that's another you know cool. forgotten horror film. I do want to see that film. Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually it's got Chris Sarandon. And Nine. it's uh, based on a Lovecraft story. I think it's the case of Charles Dexter Warden, it's mm-hmm. called. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a cool little um, Lovecraft film. Again, sadly forgotten. I think Lions- Lionsgate released the film on DVD a couple of years ago, but it was a crappy, crappy DVD. And they didn't even get Dan Abandon to, like, you know, make a, do a commentary track or anything for it. You know? So I don't know what's happening with that movie. Like, it should be. I, I asked Screen Fracture, like, are you guys gonna like release this movie or something? And like, nah, we don't have any plans for that one. Uh, maybe uh, Arrow will do it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it also that's a movie like kind of like Nightbreed. It was recut by the studio and right. about it was just pissed off at how the movie came out. So, but I like it. I mean, I don't know what went wrong there, but it's, uh, it's an enjoyable horror film. You know, it's it's from 1992, I think. And yeah, it's um, it's just one of those 90s horror films. Like, I don't know. Exorcist Free that's just you know it was one of those good ones that just sadly oh, didn't get man. any kind of recognition Exorcist 3 oh dude I fucking love that movie to death oh it's a great film uh, the, great. That, that film still has <laughs> one of I think the most frightening scenes ever put on film the nurse scene the Do nurse why shout out the nurse yes oh my god that scene yeah. I know it's coming every time too it's just it's Still gets you every time. Right, every fucking time, dude. I haven't seen it's, that. Um, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film. The ending is a little problematic, though. I mean, I whole, agree. I yeah, agree. I mean, again, that's another film that was recut by. In fact, that was Morgan Creek that did it. The same right. fuckers that recut Nightbreed. There it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's it works. It still works, and I think it's I think it's scarier than the first film, actually. First Exorcist. It, it 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 doesn't feel as real as the first Exorcist. No, it, the third one is very stylish. It's but dialogue. yeah, the third one it it's it, by the very least it is a extremely worthy successor to the Exorcist. Yeah, but that's also kind of why the film uh, was so dismissed at the time. You know, the fact that it was called The Exorcist Free. If right. it had been called Legion, maybe it would have perhaps gotten. If it wasn't so connected to the first film, it probably would have been better received. I think it would have been better received if uh, The Exorcist, The Heretic, 
didn't didn't exist. Yeah. That movie didn't come out and people weren't soiled by that film. When this film came yeah. out and this was, you know, The Exorcist 2 Legion, people yeah. were been like, fuck yeah, this is a cool flick. And William Peter Blatter, you know, he told the studio, you're like, you don't want to title the film Exorcist 3 because people are not going to go see it. Right. Exorcist 2. And, that, and after, the, the, I think he, he wrote about this in the in a book, uh, he said that after the film was released and did and bomb, the studio called the up and said, "Hey, the movie's doing really badly, and we think it's because the movie might it's probably because of the title." Right. <laughs> it's like I told you. you know, right. like, oh. But Exorcist Two is an interesting film for me. It's a sequel that just it's kind of amazing because it's nothing like the first movie. Right. It's not. I mean, it's like. You kind of wish people, you know, studios would make a sequels like that today. It would be actually a little unique. And <laughs> because actually, even if you don't like Exorcist 2, The Heretic, it is a unique film. And it's... Moth know, Demon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's so strange. It's like, there was a time when, when you were make, would make a sequel, you wouldn't even be concerned about, you know, the fact that it wouldn't resemble the first movie in any way. <laughs> it's well, just, just before I saw Exorcist 2... I just read Legion, and I was expecting to see that. <laughs> and it was just so fucking disappointing. Right, that's that's why I love 3 so much, because mm. going to see 2, I, I myself read Legion as well, and I was like, oh man, they're bringing this to the film, I can't wait for this fucking moth Virginia? demon, and looking, what the fuck am I looking at here? And it, yeah. was, it, it just killed me. It's a really bizarre film. Um, kind of fascinating, though. <laughs> it's like Omen 4. It can just go and fuck itself. <laughs> but The Exorcist, I, I've never really looked at the first Exorcist as a horror film, at least not a traditional horror film. It's, they, you know, William Friedkin and Blatty, they weren't really trying to make a horror film. They were sort of making this kind of religious, you know, drama, really. You know, because if you look at the Exorcist, it's not really, I mean, it's not structured or designed as a horror film, really. It's like there's none of those, you know, jump scares that happens every now. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's you know. It's like a drama. Yeah, it's a drama. Really. And I will really argue, or I truly think it's one of the best movies ever made. Oh, I think it's great. I love it. It's a great film. Especially now the spider walks back in it. Oh, yeah, dude. How could yeah, you make that effect and then go, oh, we should just lose that? Right, exactly. But it's a, it's definitely a film that Hollywood doesn't understand. You know, they only understand, oh, yeah, the girl's head turns, you know, around and she pukes. Like, that's the only thing they try to replicate. Yeah. They don't understand. That's not what makes the film work. It's other things. Which it's is it's like repossessed. Right. It references all of, the, all of the really, really inane parts of The Exorcist. That's another movie we should do, Repossessed. Yeah. We can always say a on a blue dress. I can make the film break. And then it literally breaks the film and it stops the movie. You really don't care, so you know. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema about three times. Yeah. That's 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 the 90s, though. You had Hulk Hogan stopping Gremlins too. You didn't care. You know, and, <laughs> right. You had the, the Gremlins broke the film in that as well. Yeah, yes, they did. And then it became a cartoon. Yes. Where, where, where else are you gonna get Paul Bartel and, and Hulk Hogan on screen at the same time? I don't know. Just it's that's hard. 
Hulk, wait, wait, is Hulk Hogan in Repossessed? He's in the Gremlins He's too. He's in the Gremlins too. Oh, okay. Briefly. Well, some, who is in Repossessed? Is it the guy from? It's Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. No, there's some, there's some big guy. It's, it's, from, it's in Predator and the Running Man. What's his name? Um, oh, uh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ventura. Just the no, just, yeah, Ventura. Yeah, Ventura. <laughs> yeah, Ventura's doing the commentary. And Mean Gene Okerlund. Yep. <laughs> oh, what a levitation move! <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for pain? <laughs> and if it, so, uh, for, if it wasn't for Repossessed, I wouldn't know what an aglet is. So. <laughs> So what's going on in the film right now, guys? Oh, she's at she's telling them that a character came alive from the book, and the cops are going, "Yeah, right, right," <laughs> because I'm not synced up with y'all in any oh, way. It's happening in your movie. <laughs> no, it's because I'm carrying the call, so thusly my shit's just lagging all over the place. So I'm playing blind here, and it's fun. So. <laughs> yeah, but it basically nothing is really going on. <laughs> Yeah, this film does have like massive periods of not very much happening. Just filler. Yeah, we we didn't even talk about the second kill while it was happening. Where he he just doesn't suit that fucking red wig. Of all the people he could kill, he goes for a fucking woman with long red hair. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, after he scalps the victim, the woman, I mean, that's when the movie just doesn't really work for me anymore. It loses whatever tension or suspense that it had, you know. Uh, and it just becomes kind of repetitive. You know, it's like, you gotta read the book, it's all true. It's like, crazy, <laughs> crazy, it just doesn't happen. I, I don't think I've ever not agreed with uh, <laughs> people more than on this commentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, white folks reading books, you know, and nothing could come, could come from that, you know. I like the fact that as the film goes on, like the, the scalp starts to look more and more decayed. Right, and the nose, yep. everything else. Yeah, the, a lot of the things I'm hearing people complain about this movie, I think, are the point of this film. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's better than The Collector. He's actually collecting things for a reason. Right. Oh, The Collector, is that the guy with the... It's something about a house like the, or something? He, what is that? He does random home invasions. And oh yeah! It always like takes a victim, and then there's the collection. Which... Wasn't that wasn't that one better than the first one? Uh, yeah. I haven't made it to the end. I keep falling asleep during it. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same problem with that one. I fell asleep during there's... this, but that was my own fault because I've been ill. <laughs> there's another collector film from 1965 starring Terence Stamp. General Saw himself. <laughs> He's an awesome actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who is this Superman? <laughs> I like the fact that in this movie, hmm? he's not only, you know, carving things off of people for himself, he's carving things off of people in order to please this girl. Yeah. And the fact that this girl that he is trying to please by replacing parts of himself in hopes to make her find him more appealing uh, is completely mortified by it. You know what I mean? And just that whole, I don't know, dichotomy of that, I, I dig the shit out of. Yeah, you know, this, I think this could have been, I mean, he's, I think this could have been a lot creepier than this. 
but it kind of suffers from that 80s campy tone to it. It's just, I don't know, it, it, I know what you're saying, but it doesn't really quite click for me. I, what's, with these girls the, <laughs> what's with these girls in the late 80s, early 90s, like, they dress like they're lesbians, but they're not. She so got the t-shirt on with the, with the vest on for no good reason. <laughs> that makes you a lesbian? Right, you've, you've seen, seen, seen a lot of that. lesbians dressed like this? Yeah, right? all she's missing is the sandals, you know? Maybe, maybe it's just your town, man. Yeah, you know what it is, Ryan? It's whenever he sees a girl like that and goes up to her and tries to hit on her, she goes, I'm sorry, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, she, she must be a lesbian if she's not in love with me. Right, that's all right, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's gotta be it. By the way, I love in this scene here where she walks by the uh, adult... Is it adult bookstore? Yeah, the key. You can actually hear you hear you hear you hear moaning. Yeah, <laughs> right, I love the right. fact that they included that. And the movies are twenty five cents. I would go there. That's the peep show. <laughs> That's the buddy booths, live girls. You know. <laughs> but it's so uh, it's kind of like, dude, are it's... you quoting the crow too now? Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the crow city of angels. <laughs> Put a fucking bird on my chest. <laughs> is that is that the one with Edward Furlong? No, that's oh. the one with Iggy Pop and uh, some Australian guy, I think, being the crow. And his son was killed, and him and his oh. son, so he comes back for revenge after Iggy Pop and his crew. So, oh, speaking of Iggy, oh, Iggy Pop, you know, what do you guys think of the new? The news of that Dario Argento is making a horror film with Iggy Pop. <laughs> Dario Argento. <laughs> God. I love Argento. Okay, uh, I really Even do. Even Dracula 3D. No, that's a piece of dog flying fucking shit. But what I'm getting at is he's got this track record where he'll come out with something completely amazing, and then he'll come out with something that's completely shit, and then after he comes out with something shit, he comes back with something amazing. But when was the? I mean, like the last amazing film he did. I mean, oh, oh, opera. It was '87. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen anything from him after that. That was. I, I like the card player. Okay. The card player. I like that one. Hmm. I, not, not much I modern stuff past that I enjoy, but on those posters on the wall, it was really nice that one of them was called East of East of Edith. <clears throat> And then there was Moby's dick, but the apostrophe was in the apostrophe is in the wrong fucking place. Is it? Yeah, the the apostrophe is after the S. That's that's Mobis's dick. Mobis's dick. Yeah, I, I love this actor here, by the way. He looks so genuine. I mean, right, he, right. he looks like a, a real, like, he's probably real. He's not an actor, you know. Right. They actually walked into his office. Yeah. Armpit stains and burrito fucking stains and all. For the whi- <laughs> whiskey in the filing cabinet. I only were... do smuts. <laughs> they walked to the first greasy spoon they could find. Hey, you want to be an actor? Right, those are his posters. That's his actual so, office. He was a weirdo, all right. So, what, wait, what were they talking about here? Like, did he explain the book? He's explaining the guy that wrote the book. Literally, it's, what got her to check the publisher is the fact that this is this book that she was reading was listed as nonfiction. Yeah. 
So she goes to the publishing house to talk about it because, uh, you know, nonfiction, we got like Beast Boys and crazy shit going on here. So he's basically explaining that, yeah, he wrote this book, he wrote another book, and he went fucking nuts and like ran off until no one saw saw him. And then they found him and he was like dead on the street and body parts were missing, like parts of his body. Yep, so everything the, the character supposedly did, he actually did to himself. He did all the mutilations. Right. But they never, I don't remember, did they ever explain why, is the book like cursed or something? I think, you know, it's it's not really explained, but I think uh, his, I don't know, he found a way to inhabit the book, inhabit mm. the story itself. But she takes the creature from the other book. She takes the creature from Much of Madness, so I thought that it was her that could that could just bring these things about by reading. Well, I think this girl, it's not really explained that way, but I'm getting the impression that this girl is kind of like the um, modern um, I don't know, the, uh, what is, what is it called? The, uh, reincarnation of whoever this girl was that he was really into. Mm. Yeah. So but, because of that, she has some kind of connection. Okay. But they never actually state that. No, you just see whenever they're going into the story world, it's always her. Okay. Well, I, I wish they kind of could have gone a little deeper into that. More of that, please. Less cops yeah. squabbling. <laughs> I think they need more of him. Like maybe if it had been him that had done some of the exposition by telling her something. Instead of him, he just always appears and doesn't really speak to her at all. If, if the exposition behind the story actually came from him, then maybe she would be even more freaked out. Yeah, you know, something like In the Mouth of Madness explained it this a little better i mean that one is like the, the author has made a deal with these lovecraftian yeah. <laughs> beings or something um so you get that here it's kind of like you're kind of wondering why is any of this actually happening i mean <laughs> um this kind of reminds me of what's that stephen king movie is it the dark half yeah yeah oh yeah oh, yeah, that's, yeah this one also is about <clears throat> an author and it's like the, book, the character of a book comes to life or something mm. something like that I think Fed Beaumont had a tumor. It, it was something along the lines of he had a twin yeah. that was living inside of his head that was supposedly removed. That's I right. Think the twin grew out to be a full person somehow. <laughs> yes. You yes. know, I, I yeah, that was directed by George Romero. Uh, I have the book as well. It's good, it's good stuff. I just it was, it was but, slightly confused during that movie and then. Oh my god! Too. I read the book. I saw the movie. It doesn't make any sense. What is going on in that story? It's like. What is he? Is he a twin? Is he a ghost? Like, what is he? It's like, they never explain it, I think. Although he drives a tornado and he's so cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you, you got the eyeball and the brain and then you got the birds flying around, but it's like, what is this, you know, the, it's supposed to be the pseudonym of the author who's come to life. It's, but it's like, it, it's run away. It, his running style is fucking abysmal. <laughs> yeah, what is up with that shot? Because that was just funny. Yeah. He looks like a, not, like a fucking cartoon villain. So yeah, the character isn't very scary at this point. He's lost his... Yeah, he's going to start going, presence. Durant! I'm going to get you, Durant! <laughs> <laughs> or, Take the fucking yeah. elephant! 
<laughs> it's Old Man Withers, the guy that owns the amusement park. And I would have got away with the two of you, too, with a few meddling kids. <laughs> you know, the, the thing about these sort of horror monsters in films is that the more you show them, the less scarier they are. You really need to keep them in the shadows, and you know. Unless you can give them a really good character. If you can, if you can actually make that character believable, then... Sure, but... Yeah, but the thing about, you know, like someone like Michael Myers, like Michael Myers is scary in the first film because he's always in the background. Yeah. He's never in the foreground. Like you never, if you, if, if John Carpenter would like show you Michael Myers, like do something all by himself in a scene, like that would ruin the whole movie. It would not be scary because you, I don't know, you humanize him or something. Like, uh, but if they had him live in a cabin with a kind of crazy old homeless man for a year and then suddenly, yeah. oh, it's Halloween, I'd better just get back to killing yeah, you know, like, keep them in, you know, don't show too much of the creatures. You know, you keep keep the focus on the humans and keep the creature in the shadows. Yeah. How did he live with that guy for so long without the guy going, you know, you need to take that mask off to eat? Oh, you're talking about Halloween 5? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there should be, like, there's probably a deleted scene where it's Michael Myers just sitting around a campfire eating up some beans. Well, they, they reshot that opening like the original opening of Halloween 5 was like this Michael Myers actually dies and this occultist finds him and then one year later has, brings him back to life yeah the, the curse of thorn on him yeah the cult then they reshot that for some reason the cult of thorn is so fucking annoying because you think well if you're going to bring that in at least bring it in with an interesting story instead of oh we're going to break him out of jail and be all mysterious for a whole film <laughs> and then just be shit Right, dude, you Halloween know, that, 6 sucks, guys. Yeah. It really does. It's a horrible film. It, I, there's nothing redeeming about it other than the mask. I like the mask. That's about Dan, it. Daniel Ferrance wrote that one. But I want to know, who the hell came up with Thorn? Because Thorn is this Nordic uh, rune. Oh, like, wait, what, what came up with that was the director of Halloween 5. He just added that shit for nothing. He just thought of, hmm, I like that symbol i should put that on his wrist i think he was literally trying to fuck the person that was directing a film after him <laughs> literally he had no plan oh we're gonna have this man in black here oh we're gonna have matching tattoos on the wrist of, of this weird symbol and we're gonna do it just because and that's for the next guy to figure out <laughs> you know because i'm scandinavian i dig it i like the fact that they put a nordic symbol on <laughs> michael byer's wrist <laughs> Um, but it's an, it's a it's kind of interesting actually. I mean, it's not executed very well, but it's I mean, it's better than you know Freddy Krueger being possessed by dream demons. I think something <laughs> like that. I mean, it's uh, you know it's got potential actually. I think um, it's just executed really strangely. Yeah, it's wasted. And I you know and I and I think also I kind of appreciate the fact that they were trying to introduce some kind of new story elements into the series because. You don't want to do Halloween like Friday the 13th and just have Michael Myers go after teenagers in every single movie, you know, just have it that. I like the fact that the Halloween franchise is so unique and inconsistent, actually. Like, you have Halloween 1 and 2, then you have Halloween 3, which is his own thing. Then you have Halloween 4, 5, and 6, and it's his own thing. And then you got suddenly H2O, and it goes back to the first film. Like, it's so, you know, uh, you know what I mean. Like, it's so unique in that way. If three had like gone what? before two, it would have been better. You know, if they did, if see if two had maybe been 
made a couple of years later and they'd had like two other different Halloween stories because they wanted mm. to make it like, oh yeah, we'll have these different stories and they'll all be spooky and we'll call it Halloween. If they, yeah, it was going to be like an, uh, an anthology series. Yeah, if they'd made one and then three and then maybe one or two other ones and then maybe done... Like the the fifth one, they could have had Michael Myers back again, but maybe other elements from the other films. Then that would have been pretty cool. It was a very brave decision to make that third Halloween film. Like just yeah, you know, he was killed in the second one. So let's just you know come up with a new story for a third Halloween film. Yeah, but they'd, um, they'd always wanted to diversify the the fact that I just don't like the fact that they made the second one as much as I like the second one. I don't like the fact that they made it because that was them coming up with a really good idea for an anthology series and then going, oh, people really like the first one, let's stick with that character. And that's that's yeah. why people don't like 3, because by that point they're expecting that it's going to be Michael Myers again. Yeah. People don't like 3 because they're dumb. I'm throwing it out there, okay? 3 is probably the most original out of all of them. Yeah, 3, but, yeah, 3 bombed terribly. Theaters, yeah, know. but the cult status is through the roof, though. <laughs> yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah, but... Halloween 3 is... I'm a huge fan of Halloween 2. I love Halloween 2. It's it's one of those personal favorites, but I honestly think the best sequel to the Halloween fucking movies is goddamn Season of the Witch. Mm. Well, it's... I mean, it's not exactly a sequel to the first film. It's... Uh... It's not a Michael Myers movie, so it's. I wouldn't say it's a sequel. I just say it's a probably the best. In, I don't know, best. Best thing to come out of that world. Yeah, sure. I mean, out of all the Michael Myers sequels, I have to say the one I like is actually Halloween Four. <laughs> oh, dude, that mask, man! He looks like Commander yeah. Data. <laughs> but, you know, he gets the mask from a cheap. You know, crappy drugs. I store, don't so. give a fuck. But that was the uh, costume designer designed that okay. bitch. Yeah, sure. I mean, but it's like, yeah, he, he got it from a crappy mask store, so it's going to be crappy. Well, the, the uh, first one is supposed to be from a crappy mask store, too. Yeah, he's <laughs> From the yeah, same that, uh, same hardware store. Yeah, he's smashing, yeah was, that was like 78, so. For the Shatner mask. Yeah. Right. We've seen the mask you can actually buy, the re, you know, in real life, those Michael Myers masks are terrible. Those Don Post masks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine yeah. if you had you a couple gosh. of the original William Shatner masks. I've got a mask that that is made from a recast of a, an a Kirk mask converted into a Myers, and it's fucking awesome. Have you been, are you familiar with MichaelMyers.net? Uh, yeah, I am a member of for sixty-seven years. Yeah. I've been a member there since two thousand four, and I'm just like, wow! I can't believe I was so obsessed with. This. The Michael Myers mask. What what makes me sad being on that site is is the um, decline in interest. Mm-hmm. There's like a significant decline. It's it's the, the the death of the forum is Facebook. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got like one or two masks, or I think four masks in my house, but it's just, uh, it's just, I'm not into it anymore. Like, <laughs> just yeah, can't. I, I've got my MMK promo done up by JC, and I'm a happy person. But also now you can buy, like, the Halloween 2 mask from, like, from, web, like, an official, I think they released, like, an official Halloween 2 mask like, last year or something. Yeah, Trick or Treat Studios. Yeah. 
I've gotten nine, yeah, I've got nine of the official Alien versus Predator face hugger masks. <laughs> they have face hugger masks. Yeah, they look fucking ridiculous. Well, I, I want one. <laughs> I have nine of yeah. them. <laughs> Why do you have nine of them? Because uh, years ago they were selling them in a pound shop. Because obviously they hadn't been a big seller that year. Because right. they they do look kind of ridiculous. And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to buy ten of these and stick them in a cupboard and then put them on eBay. <laughs> and they're still in the cupboard. <laughs> now, is that from you never putting it on eBay? Yeah. Or is it just one of the... Oh, that's what it is? I did get use out of one of them once because a hmm. friend of mine asked me to make a video for a piece of music that he'd right. written that's kind of weird and all over the place and chaotic and for the video I put on one of those masks and a jacket and then I sped the the music up like mm -hmm. like a hundred and fifty percent and then just filmed myself doing these really ridiculous fucking dance moves in this mask but in a dark room with a strobe light and I did, did that twice and then just cut in between the two of them and it does look actually pretty weird and freaky. Mm, that was a blast of the past. Remember microphone guys? Microfiche? Yeah. Microfiche. At the library? I like the way that she's uh, taking over from the, the head librarian and has absolutely no problem in completely closing up this massive library. <laughs> well, you wouldn't think it would have a complicated key set up. Yeah, but she knows where all the light switches and everything are. You know. Well, she was she was probably told by them. Yeah, like, hello, I'm afraid to do this, but the lights are over here, and here's the key. <laughs> you know. But then she's talking to them, and you'd think that if the stalker was really there, they'd have said to her, "Don't keep wandering about, going. Can you hear me, guys? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?" <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah, you know it's not going to be the killer when you're watching this movie for the first time. You're like, it's not going to be him. You know, <laughs> it would be a very disappointing climax. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be him, and frankly, I knew it was going to be the friend because every single person that is being taken out is of some significance to her. Yeah. Mm. But I don't get the leap that she makes when she goes back to the passage from the book and she goes, cats. Oh my god, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, well, it's my friend a... that you've never seen with a fucking cat. Oh, there you go. Maybe she had a, you know, a thought process of, holy shit, I knew everybody else that got picked off. It's gonna be her, she's got the fucking cat. I was and, there's, and there's books. I thought it was maybe because mm. she's, uh, kind of obviously single. And she's, uh, obviously in her 40s. And she walks about wearing like animal print stuff. Right. It's, she looks like Peggy Bundy. Yeah, she's she's just got that uh, single desperate woman thing written all over. Because <laughs> let's face it, if you had to pick which character in this film is going to be scary old cat lady, mm, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I find this woman so hot. <laughs> And the, the police have got that one bit of tinsel up. 
<laughs> I love the cop they keep uh, coming back to with the mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mustache is great. Yeah, he's the one that reminded me of Kid Creole, if he would just trim his mustache down a bit. <laughs> you think the character is called Mustache Cop? <laughs> if I was him, I'd demand that would be my character name, frankly. He's got he's got Isai Morales here from Lobamba too. <laughs> Who wants a kilo? I don't even know what my character name is for the film that I was in. I'm not on hmm. the IMDb page, so I'll never know. I think it's just Barman. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so fucking happy when the Famous Monsters website featured a review of it. And even though I'm only in the film for about 30 seconds, the reviewer was like, Oh, the dude that plays the barman, Gil Rokitansky. His facial expressions are hilarious. I've only got one facial expression in the entire film, and it's vague and disinterested. <laughs> did, they, did they replace your voice like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure when Pee-wee was in the movie, but not really? No, I was so vague and disinterested that I didn't say a single thing. <laughs> I think I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't forget any of my lines. Who was the Pee-wee on the motorcycle? Was it, was it James Rowan supposed to be Pee-wee and, and on the motorcycle? When the Pee-wee's Big Adventure movie came out at the drive-in theater? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not Josh Brolin, my celebrity boyfriend. <laughs> Until old boy came out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. How could Fuck you do you. that? And then you get Shardo Copley wandering about going, I'm just going to be incredibly camp in this. I am doing this to your life because secretly I want to put my penis in your mouth vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Say penis one more time. Penis. <laughs> Fantastic. One episode, you know. say anus a lot, and then one where I say penis a lot, and then we'll up. We'll have an episode where the two of them come together. But I swear on that episode, the last episode that I was on, we talked about the movie a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Ryan, when you mentioned that mask being really bad in Halloween 4, oh, you know what really bugs me about Halloween 2? What's that? That fucking wig that Jamie Lee Curtis has. It's so oh, it's awful. Oh, dude, it is awful, but what are you going to oh. do? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it just looks, oh. I'm just like, what animal is that? The, yeah. only, the only way that it could have worked any better is if they had a scene before she went to the hospital. She said, please, before you take me in, can we go to the salon and I'm going to get a haircut? Because... Yeah, there are things about Halloween 2 which just kind of bugs me. I really want to like that film, but... Uh, another film I really should like, uh. in series, it's Halloween H2O, you know? I hate that movie. That's got Josh Hartnett in it, and you know he's he's like one of these actors that sometimes you'll see him in a film and you go, "Oh, that was a good performance." And like people keep saying to me to watch Noah and the Whale, but I still haven't got around to it. But then you watch Thirty Days of Night, where it's like he's reading every line off his shoes. Right, right. No, I just I can't get into that movie. No, it's a. It feels like a scream movie. It does. That's why I, that's why I can't get into it. I mean, they even the, got even got the same music from Scream. Right, right. Which they shouldn't because the studio changed it from the 
actual composed music that was put in there to yeah. the multiple fucking, you know, they have a goddamn digital mask in it. Oh. Uh, and uh, the only thing good about that film is literally the ending. The ending is yeah. fantastic, and that should have killed the character. Yeah, they really... Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Resurrection came along and just... Oh. Trick or treat, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, but then you've got Lucky... He's, he's all right in Lucky Number 11. I quite like that. That was when it was him and Bruce Willis. I didn't see that one. It's actually worth watching. It's got uh, Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley in it as these uh, two... Does, does Morgan Freeman talk very slowly? About yes. all the things that are going on in the film. Yes, but uh, Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley are opposing gangsters who live in these uh, like penthouses that overlook each other. And Man. the two of them are so paranoid about the other one trying to kill them that they never leave their apartments, ever. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's quite good. Bruce Willis is a mad hitman in it and yeah, check it out <laughs> I like it it's got Lucy Lou in it being kind of cute what the fuck happened to Lucy Lou anyway well she's in that uh, that elementary elementary yep with Johnny Lee Miller I'm going to see a Johnny Lee Miller play but not live but uh pre-recorded soon it's uh frankenstein Frank. yeah, elementary is not terrible i, don't, <laughs> I gotta say the few i actually got to watch i pretty enjoyed pretty very much i've been told that i should stick with it because i was kind of put off by the first episode where there was a thing about him saying oh you've got a car and you can drive and all this and she says how do you know that and he's like you dropped a parking ticket out your bag or something like that and I was thinking that's not how Sherlock Holmes works that, that should not be the first deduction that you see from Sherlock Holmes right <laughs> oh you've got a house how do you know because <laughs> you don't look like a fucking stinking homeless person <laughs> fuck off Sherlock Holmes go and take some more heroin <laughs> but at least elementary does uh kind of feature the fact that Sherlock Holmes is a junkie. Yeah, I, I, I would... I kind of like that. <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to seeing Frankenstein because it's... I'm going to see it twice because one night it's Johnny Lee Miller as the creature and Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, Victor and then the next night they swap roles so that you can see how each of them brings a different character to it. Oh, that's kind of that's cool, actually. Yeah. Have you seen I, Frankenstein? Oh, fuck off. No, I, I had to see that in the cinema in, like, fucking 3D. And I, I had almost forgotten that film exists. It's that just... looks like the most big-budgeted asylum movie ever made. It should have been fucking silent. It should also have been blank. What about Frankenstein's army? Oh, fuck off. That's oh, another one I had yeah. to watch recently. That looks like you're watching somebody who can't play a video game play a fucking video game. Right, exactly. It looked like a bad episode of, like, Silent Hill. Yep. I can't believe we've talked about other films so much that the killer is nearly dead now. 
<laughs> Assume the creature from the gate's gonna pop up and yeah. save him. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> this is gonna be a total waste then. <clears throat> Have you not seen this yet, Gary? Mm, first time, actually. <laughs> you haven't missed much yet. No, honestly, dude, you need to watch this fucking movie without people yapping in your ear. Put, I will. Put on some headphones, sit down and watch this with the lights out. It's a cool story. Oh, you, Gary, you haven't seen the he movie? He hasn't even watched it. <laughs> I'm unprepared. I, I, like, I like the aversion when I watch these kind of movies to see what they're like and commentate like Willis does. What up? <laughs> I don't understand why she's running up them books. <laughs> Look at the unit on that demon. No, don't hurt me. I'll eat your face. Oh, he's being killed yeah, by yeah. his own monster. And this is like the ending of Robocop 2. I know, and I love it for that. <laughs> well, for being better than the ending of Robocop 2. <laughs> Behave yourself! Kane, let's step outside! <laughs> I love Robocop 2. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. <laughs> Robocop 2 is amazing. It is. Amazing. <laughs> In hindsight, since Robocop 3 came out. Yeah, once you get uh, a PG-13 RoboCop with him flying around on a jetpack. Did you know there's a scene in RoboCop 3 where he gets shot by a bazooka or something and falls on the ground and the bottom of the foot breaks off and you see a sneaker on the inside? Yep. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. But Decker directed that movie. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. Frank Miller wrote it. That's the thing. Oh. You know, Frank Miller's... Usually a pretty good writer, but you know, you look at Robocop 3 and then you look at the spirit and you think he's just having a laugh now. Well, he wrote Robocop 2 as well. Yeah. But 3 but you, just is like the when they brought out the Robocop comics that were aimed at kids. Yeah, well, it, well he, was he, did, he did his version. He says the studio completely changed everything that he wrote on RoboCop 3. Just kept a couple elements and then changed everything, and then he did mm. a comic book version of his actual script. That just happened where he pushed him out the window, he turns to the pages. Yeah, yeah that does happen. Crazy. <laughs> and then, oh, and then they fly off to heaven to live happily ever after. Yeah, this is just like the end to the dark half, actually, now I think about it. <laughs> Except no sparrows and no cool birds eating somebody. Yeah. Basically, he wouldn't have had all those problems with like, his nose and his mouth missing and everything if he had some sort of socialized medicine back in 1989 America. <laughs> so, Thanks, Obamacare. <laughs> oh, boy. The end. <laughs> I still love that fun. <laughs> Yeah, what a classy font. It's like the... Where have I seen that font? I was like, Disney movie, maybe? I don't know. It's like... Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy. It's just like a, an old-fashioned Art Deco font. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, I, Madman. Um, that was a movie about a killer and a some bitch reading a book and all that good stuff. But, uh... Man, them stupid white bitches just can't stop reading books. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't understand why why bitch would read a book anyway. They got I that shit on I don't read books. I think I fell asleep most of that movie. I'm gonna go play with my action figures now, y'all. <laughs> and I don't wanna watch movies with people are reading books. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, scores now in the Y pretty much. Uh Philip, what do you give for a score, my friend? Uh, uh I would give it um Oh, I would give it, um, hmm, i give it six pages out of ten. <laughs> six out of ten. Well, that's not bad. Ryan, yeah, what are you just, Sorry, oh, Now, save me for last. I want to know I'm what just, everybody else says. And Gary, should you even give a score since you didn't even watch the movie? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to say first that, you know, I like the first half of this movie. I don't think it really works as a long as a two and a half, an hour and a half movie. I think it gets very repetitive at a certain point and it loses whatever creepiness it has. And uh, yeah, it uh, could have been an episode of Tales from the Crypt, I think. Yep. Uh, Gil? Uh, I would go for seven and a half, I think. Yeah. It would have been eight if maybe they'd given the, the killer a bit more screen time and maybe made him more of a character. As opposed to him just being a character from a book. You could need more backstory. Yeah, just flesh him out a little bit more. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Ryan wants to be last, I give mine next, I guess. Uh, I give it about a 6 out of 10, and I don't know what's not to get, Ryan. Uh, what, white bitch reads a book. Dude comes out of the book. Scouts, motherfuckers. Actually, that's your movie. Yeah, but there's more to it. That's my point. And we were talking about RoboCop and shit already. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you got you got cops arguing and going. You you gotta read the book. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy, white girls. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So six out of ten. That's a pretty fair score. I'll give it at least an eight out of ten. The, I love the idea of this film. Like some people are saying that uh, you know it's. The execution isn't the greatest at all times, but what they were trying to pull off, I, I think for the most part, that part they pulled it off well. It's an interesting story, but obviously the film has limitations. It you know drags in certain spots here and there because they're trying to stretch this story. And uh, I, I can acknowledge that. It doesn't bother me in any way. And, you know, God damn it, those stop animation fucking <laughs> battles at the end with Jekyll boy. Uh, it's fantastic to me, but you know, you got to count it as a limitation. So I'm giving it an eight. I thoroughly enjoy this film. All right. Yeah, it's about it for that one. Huh? Uh, Philip, uh, go ahead and pimp your stuff. Whatever you got to push. Well, uh, check out my blog, uh, the Swedish cinemasochist and you can check me out on Twitter. Hollow shape is my username and befriend me on Facebook. If you want to, you know, I love to talk movies with you if you want <laughs> Uh, Rakitansky. Uh, Gil and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast on bodacioushorror.co.uk. Uh, this shit on whatever it's on. Uh, I'm on, uh, Gil Rakitansky on the Twitters and, yeah, I'm on the Facebooks. (laughs) (laughs) The Twitters and the Facebooks. I'm on the Twitters and the Facebooks and, uh, xvideo.com forward slash Gil Rakitansky. (laughs) <laughs> Come see Ryan. my penis <laughs> I myself am on the Twitters and the Facebooks as well But um, 
<laughs> uh, uh, you could find us on Graveshift Radio. We're on the Legion Podcast Network. We're also on Facebook and the whole nine. You can find us on iTunes, also on 12 Ounces of Terror. That's the other show we recently started, and uh, that's another drunken <laughs> show about movies, and it's a lot of fun, and uh, a lot of times on this show, too. Did you say 12 Inches of Terror? No, 12 Ounces of Terror, but I might change the title to 12 Inches of Terror now. <laughs> depends depends uh, what the weight discrepancy would be. Right, I said I'm 12 pounds underwater, man. You can also find me on the Twitters and the Facebooks, and uh, on the Bird and the Beard, on uh, the Cinema Beef Podcast, and uh, those are all on legionpodcast.com, which you're listening to right now as well. Legion Podcast. And then uh, you can also, also find me, probably by the time this comes out, uh, we should have our first episode out of Sloppy Seconds, our sequel show, me and Eric Bergstrom, where we cover Prime Night 2 and 3, because they kind of go together. Mm, yeah. And it's going to be delightful, talking <laughs> about human Sundays and stuff, and yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking all forward right. to that episode. Everything is all right. <laughs> <laughs> The dulcet sounds of Philip O'Neill, people. And what's the next what? next thing we're doing for this? Next thing we're doing for this is Suzanne's pick, uh, The Deadly Spawn. The Deadly Spawn. She's is that the one with the giant worms? Yeah, she's excited about that. <clears throat> That's why she's so, not uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's right, not here. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll see you guys all again uh, next time on your two drink minimum commentaries. <laughs>